Life change stories are the lifeline that become the the encouragement, the oxygen for our soul to help us keep going, to keep moving forward one moment at a time. Life change stories are so important and a big part of this ministry. And today I'm going to be interviewing a brother in Christ uh, that has experienced that life change to maybe bring some hope and encouragement to you on your own personal journey of recovery. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics all centered around the Beatitudes and Matthew chapter 5 and the Celebrate Recovery principles that help us face our hurts to deal with the hangups and ultimately the habits so that we can repair those relationships in our life and walk in the newness of life the way Christ intended for us. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader and pastor of Fellowship Bible Church Celebrate Recovery in Rogers. And uh, we are absolutely loving these conversations uh, that we are having with you. And so glad to have you uh, join us in these important conversations, life-giving conversations in this journey we call Celebrate Recovery. Scott is uh, from Damascus, Ohio, and he's actually the training coach, a leader there locally. And I met him, uh, I've known him, but, but I got to see him recently in, in, uh, at a training conference we did there recently and, and uh, reached out to him and he graciously accepted to come on our uh, global uh, Celebrate Recovery official podcast. And so, uh, Scott, welcome, man. Glad you're here, man. All right. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's a privilege. I uh, can't wait to dive into it. <laughs> so, man, why don't you introduce yourself the way you do in Celebrate Recovery, and, and uh, we'll jump into a conversation. Yes, sir. Now, my name is Scott. I'm a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery for drug and alcohol addictions, and I struggle with uh, anxiety and anger. Hey, Scott. So, man, um, let's jump in here. Um, um, you're God's using you, and sometimes we can we can look at a guy like Scott and your your bride Jamie and and think, man, they've got their life figured out and they're in a good spot. It's like have things always been that way, but but there's some hard story uh, connected to uh, your uh, participation in Celebrate Recovery. What give us kind of a snapshot of what was Scott's life prior to Celebrate Recovery? Can you kind of paint a picture for us? Absolutely. Um, before Celebrate Recovery, and um, my life was just, it, it was full of chaos. Um, no direction, no guidance. Uh, I didn't know what tomorrow brought, you know. So I was constantly living in fear, um, fear of what's next, fear of what's to come. Um, and just, just kind of not knowing anything that's going on in my life. It was straight turmoil, um, addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, um, full of anger, full of rage. Uh, uh, just, just stepping into it, um, even growing up, you know, just, uh, just around a lot of chaos within the household. Uh, um, alcoholism sur- surrounded me growing up, um, so it was kind of an easy thing to not learn or get taught, but just kind of fall into. Hmm. So a lot of, uh, yeah, we kind of referred to that as a broken home, you know, hurt people, hurt people, and you were on the receiving end of that hurt. Um, Kind of paint a picture um, 
what did a day in a life look like uh, for Scott? What what does that look like? Well, there was addictions, um, some anger, any abuse in that? What what was happening all around you? Just to kind of give us a sense of the turmoil that you were walking through, man. Um, there was just, a, I mean, uh, like I say, there's just a lot of chaos around me. I'm um, between, you know, the families at uh, at my dad's house and my mom's house, um, and going back and forth from there. Um, hmm. they loved me immensely, you know, um, but, uh, you never knew what you was coming home to, you know? So you, you just, you, you never knew if, the, if people were going to be drinking, if it was just, um, a lot of turmoil, um, a lot of anger, a lot of rage. And it was one of those things where, you know, you never felt comfortable talking about your feelings growing up. Um, so as I transitioned, you know, into young adult adulthood, um, a lot of that anger came out. Um, a lot of the anxiety came out, uh, and it came out in the wrong ways. Um, and a lot of times it, it happened after I started, you know, drinking and, uh, doing drugs and things like that. Um, um, to kind of mask everything, but you know, I was this happy going guy, but once I tried to cover up those emotions, all the anger came out. Mm. Yeah. When you were talking, it, it reminded me of this old quote that if we don't heal, what cut us will bleed on those who didn't hurt us. And just think about mm. when you're talking about how it kind of it going into marriage, I'm sure immediately you have this kind of this debris and this ripple effect bleeding on your bride, Jamie, and just the, the effects of that brokenness. And, and I love that you said, you know, that your parents, you know, it's good to just kind of honor, you know, we're not in this conversation. We're not in a ministry of blaming or directing any, you know, um, darts or arrows toward, uh, people from our past. It's just trying to make sense of it, right? And understand it so that we can heal from it. And, you know, sometimes we think if we're honest about our family system and, and it's not a pretty picture, then we're being dishonoring. And I think, you know, one of the most honoring things we can do for our family is be honest about how things that happened affected us, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing it taught me too was um, growing up that my choices bring on consequences for other people, mm -hmm. you know, don't just affect me, you know. So a lot of times, whatever I decide to do or the way I, I choose to act, it hurts other people, you know. Mm -hmm. So they have consequences for my actions and they didn't even do anything, kind of like the quote you just said. Um, so yeah, it all goes in uh, hand to hand. Absolutely. Yeah. So you come into marriage. Um, how long have you been married now? Um, Jamie and I have been married for five years, five years. Uh, but we go all the way back to fifth. We go all the way back to fifth grade. Yeah, I remember you sharing that. That's so awesome. So you know each other pretty well. <laughs> You're you've been dating, and and when did it when did it kind of become um, and maybe lead, lead us into what were some of the indicators that that she was seeing in that space. Uh, that kind of, kind of, you know, that bleeding on others. What, what were some of the things, the dynamics between you and Jamie, even in that dating phase going into marriage that, that kind of revealed itself as, oof, there's something here that maybe needs to be addressed. Right. What did that look like? Right. Um, and, um, when we first started dating, obviously, I mean, we, 
we enjoyed each other's company. We enjoyed being around each other. Um, and as we dove deeper into it, you know, she was already part of Celebrate Recovery. And me, I didn't grow up in a, a church household. So I didn't even have that. I knew what who God was, but I didn't have that relationship with God. Um, and whenever we first started talking, you know, there was times and bits because I was still, you know, addicted to nicotine. I was still drinking. Um, so she was on that other end of some of my anger and my outburst, you know, things like that with words. And, um, that's where I kind of learned that words can cut so much deeper mm. than any action. Um, you know, that the tongue can do such damage and just knock down giants. Uh, so it, 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 it painted a picture for me. Um, and that's when she introduced me to celebrate recovery. Wow. Um, and to kind of tell you a little backstory about that, uh, it's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, she was like, Hey, there's, you know, celebrate recovery. I'm like, Oh, I want to be with her, you know, so I want to make it look good. So of course I'll attend, you know, but she, the kicker was she wasn't even going the first time I went. So, <laughs> uh, she didn't even go. And, uh, I, I was there by myself with, um, a great, great people that become like family to me now. Um, so it, it was, uh, in the very first testimony, it just, it spoke to me yeah. like, wow, I'm supposed to be here. You know, it, it was, it was a very trying moment, yeah. a very true moment. Um, and I was hit with that conviction absolutely immediately that first night I walked into celebrate recovery. So were you, were you married then, or were you dating when you came the first time? When did she rope you in? We were, <laughs> <laughs> we were dating at that point. How old at were that you point. then? Um, uh, 38. Okay. Okay. So you had been dating 38. for how long when she suggested, suggested, recommended? Just celebrate. a couple months. Wow. What? That's crazy. Just a couple right? months. <laughs> it is, so, you know, and I mean, we have such a history, you know, so we, we go all the way back and we never kind of lost touch. Wow. Um, so that was a big part. And when we first started dating, um, to kind of paint you a picture with that too, coming to celebrate recovery, um, her introducing me to that is something I'll, I'll never, ever, ever take lightly because it absolutely changed my life. Walking through those two doors, um, just absolutely changed my life. Well, it, it kind of is important. I think just to stop right there and just say, man, if you got loved one that you care about and, and you really care about them, don't be afraid to suggest. Now, they may not be ready and they may reject it, but I love her courage. I mean, two months in, of course, you guys have known each other a long time, but it's a different level when you're dating, right? I mean, it's risky. What if you reject her, right? <laughs> but she had the courage to say, hey, there's this thing called celebrate recovery. So in the dating process, she's been experiencing some of the effects of you know, that you use the use of the tongue and the hurtfulness and how that kind of just projects on her. That's already happening two months in, or is it still kind of a little bit masked? No, it's, it's happening. I mean, it's not like uh, an everyday thing, you know, it's just, I didn't know how to control my emotions. You know, I didn't know where all this hurt came from and this anger came from. So I did whatever I could do. And um, she was so strong and rooted in her recovery to where she sees it in me, but I don't know the recovery aspect of it. So I, I instantly get defensive, you know, and now what do I do in defense mode? I blame her so I can feel better about myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, and that's just yeah. kind of how that went. Well, yeah. And I love that you said that because in recovery language, we talk about 
you know, that accuse others and excuse ourselves. If, if I can accuse you and make it about you, it excuses me from the conversation, right? We don't have to talk about me anymore because you're the problem. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what you're doing there. It sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So man, yeah. And, and, and I love that you said that I didn't know what to do with my emotions and that's pretty typical, even, you know, especially in addictions, right? We, we, we go more often than not, and that's my area of recovery as well. We go to addictions uh, so that we can numb out and not feel. And it feels like a good solution, but ultimately just makes it worse. So you learned early on in life that, um, well, or didn't learn at all. You know, what do you do with these emotions that God gave you? And are they bad? Will they hurt me? Will they hurt other people? And so, kind of shoving it down that's kind of what you learned growing up is that kind of the the rule sometimes spoken or unspoken rules about emotions uh, what did you learn growing up about emotions yeah you just you kind of um i mean and there were moments i could talk about it but it just seemed like there's so much anger surrounding me at some point you never felt safe to even talk about your emotions. Mm. Um, you didn't know how the other person would accept them or hear them. Or if you did talk about your emotions and got shut down one time, well, now you're in fear of bringing it back up, you know, because now it doesn't mean anything or it, it goes on deaf ears, you know? So, it, and it wasn't all the time, but if you hear it once or twice, it, it does affect you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's so important. Cause, yeah. You don't have to hear it very many times that, you learn mm-hmm. that didn't go well. Don't do that again. And the cost is, and, and you're being so vulnerable with us, is if you shove it down, you think, well, if you just shove it down, you don't have to deal with it. But it does come up sideways. And the anger, it sounds like what you're saying is the anger was your body, your heart's way of expressing the sadness or the loneliness or whatever that that we call them those primary emotions or right? whatever's buried there, anger became the mode, the tool to express. But that's kind of discouraging because you got to feel bad about yourself because you, you don't like what's coming out of you, but it's the only way you know how to express it. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're absolutely saying that right. And I, I one thing that I try to live by now is um, I don't let myself get to that anger point. Of course, I'm, I'm human. We, we all fail, you know, but, um, I remind myself, if you allow yourself to get to that anger point, mm. there's going to be apologies that come with it yeah. because nothing good comes with it. You know, you, you get to that point, you're, you're probably more than likely going to apologize for something yeah. or feel bad about yourself because you're going to say something out of anger and you don't mean it. And then there you are with that tongue again, you know, you, you can't write that wrong. Like they, uh, they forgive you, yeah. but sometimes that cuts pretty deep. Yeah. Well, and so it's hard to repair that. Right. So yeah, just painting right. a picture then. So you've got all these emotions stuffed down. It's led to some addictions. Are you still pretty active in the addictions or still just uh, kind of dry misery in, in that place? Are you still using in this place when she's inviting you? We're just dealing with the stuff underneath the surface or where are you with the addictions when you step through the doors of celebrate recovery for that first time on the invite? Okay. And going, stepping into that, um, I was not using at that moment. Um, 
but I was still smoking cigarettes and I was still drinking alcohol. Okay. Um, and playing into that, when we first started celebrate recovery, everything kind of moved fast. You know, I'm doing the right things. You know, I, I didn't understand the recovery process. To me, this was, I'm showing up, I'm going to a meeting. I got this all figured out. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then I joined a step study, but, uh, I didn't feel like I was ready for it. People thought I was ready for it. Um, I jumped into it and during that, that step study is when I relapsed. Mm. Um, cause all these emotions were coming up that I buried and I didn't know how to do it. And growing up, what I did was when those emotions came up, I went and numbed them. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with them. Right. Yeah. 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 And I want to kind of walk through that, um, kind of take, taking us back here in a second. I want to take a, a, a quick break right here, Scott, but I love, I love that you brought that up. Maybe I jumped in too soon to the steps because all these emotions were coming up. Um, I want to kind of be your eyes as we walk through the door, uh, talking with Scott just, uh, in his experience, what he brought into recovery and, uh, what, what was the process like, uh, so that we can find encouragement and hope through Scott's story. So stick with me and, and we'll be right back and we'll continue our conversation with our brother, Scott. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a meeting, please join us on a Friday night at Fellowship Fayetteville or Fellowship Rogers Celebrate Recovery. We meet every Friday night, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe Meal and 7 p.m. Our general meeting starts. You'll be encouraged through life change stories, testimonies, um, teachings, fellowship with other uh, fellow strugglers, and uh, lots of lots of praising God through the process. So join us. If you want more information, go to fellowshipcr.org. We hope you'll join us this Friday night. Fellowship cr.org for more information. Welcome back. Talking with Scott. And Scott, right before we went to the break, we were talking about you jumped into a step study, but I want to backtrack just for a minute. Um, as you were talking about um, going to that first meeting, can you kind of take me through, you walk through the doors of Celebrate Recovery. You're already kind of feeling bad about yourself. You know, you, you in secret, you're probably battling this stuff and, and the shame is kicked in and, and you're in a bad spot. Uh, Jamie, uh, who you're dating two months in, courageously invites you. You walk to you. You drive up and you walk to through the doors of Celebrate Recovery. What what is going through your heart in that moment, man? Well, I had to grab my heart because it was outside of my body, and <laughs> the nerves were the nerves were just running crazy. So, uh, and, and like I stated, the first time I came, she wasn't even there, you know. So she was at a conference doing her thing, and I, I met a family that um, they became family to me. And the first time I walked in, I can honestly say I. I at first, I didn't feel like I was in the right place because I was like, these people are just way too happy. You know, they're just way too happy. They want to high five me and see how I'm doing. And I don't want to touch anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, I'm just here because I really like this girl that I'm dating, you know, and I'm trying to make it look good for her. So, um, but after when we walked in, um, and this family, they've been coming here for a while. So they just kept walking all the way up to the front. And then before you know it, I'm in the second row and I'm like, this, this is just every, <laughs> this is just too much. Um, and then the worship starts and, uh, um, everybody just starts raising their hands and, uh, I'm just kind of looking around like, uh, am I in the right spot? Am I not in the right spot? It's just, it's, it's too much, you know? Um, and I mean, we all been newcomers before, you know, we all been first time people. So those nerves just, they, they play a, a lot, but 
I will say in that there was this comfort level, mm. even though I felt so out of place. Um, I was outside of my comfort zone, which plays a huge part in my life right now. It's just being stretched and mold. Um, but answering those knocks, yeah, um, I knew I was in the right place. And that first night, uh, I heard that testimony and it just, that was me up there talking. Um, wow. it just, it resonated with me that much. Um, and ever since then, it's just, it's been this journey yeah. and it, it's been a wonderful journey. Well, and, it, and it's interesting. I mean, it's good to just be real that your heart was pounding out of your chest. And, and, and sometimes we, I think in our culture, sometimes we can say if it's hard, it must not be the right thing, but, but it's scary and it's hard and we don't want to act like it's just this, Oh, just walk in and just jump into recovery. Cause it is, it is difficult. It is scary because you don't know what to expect with the unknown can be a little bit paralyzing. And with every step you're, you're just kind of surveying the whole atmosphere. It's like, okay, these people save what's going on around here. I see people worshiping you're assessing safety and that's that's what makes celibate recovery so incredible is it is based on christ and and central to that process is safety we want you to feel safe and so at some point you felt safe in there that maybe this these are my people right i'm hearing this testimony i I hear my story in this testimony Tell me about the transition from that general meeting to the open share group. What what um, motivated you to take that step into your first open share small group, man? Um, and if I'm being brutally honest, it took me probably four months to go to open share group. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. It's nothing that I did right away. And it was one of those things when I first went down there, um, it was tough listening to all these guys just freely share. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, again, I felt comfortable, but I knew I was outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and I was telling myself, there's no way I can share like this. I can't trust these guys. I, I don't know who they are. Um, how do I not know they're going to go say, you know, this or that to whoever? Yeah. Um, and how are they going to look at me after I share? Yeah. So let me ask you this, Scott. Did you get into, how long in did you get into a step study? You said they kind of uh, ready for this. Eight months. Okay. Okay. It I was just, right around eight I was, months. It made me curious. Did you get into a step study before you got active into open share? And I think it's just important. Open share is a, is a part of that process, even while you're in a step study, but especially before you get into a step study. So I'm encouraged that, that you got into open share first, but it makes sense. And I love that you, your honesty in that. It's like you may, I mean, you're walking in there with a, um, mistrust, distrust from anyone. And, and if I, if I put my heart on the table, is it going to be safe here? Are you going to go share? Are you going to think differently of me? Are you going to judge me? Are you going to look down on me? And so you're kind of, I love your honesty in that it took four months to finally get to that point. What was the game changer that you finally said, it's time, it's time to get into open share. What was happening in Scott's heart? Um, what was happening in my heart was, is I felt, uh, which I know now I didn't know them, but I felt stagnant. I needed something more than just going to large group. Um, when you see these people, when you walk in continuously every week and you're not taking part in small group, um, 
you see the excitement on their their faces when you walk in. They genuinely care about you. Uh, they're happy. You know, they have joy. They they're they're worshiping. Um, I wanted that, um, and I knew what I was getting after a couple short months. I needed more than what I was taking in. Wow! So that's when I opened up um, to let's try this small group sh- sharing out. I love that. Yeah, and so yeah, so you you finally feel safe, and I love that. Just trusting God's timing. It, you know, just go at your pace. If it feels like too much right now to get in the open share, take your time, but. When you're ready and trusting that God will be with you every step of the way, God will lead you through that. So you get into a step study and kind of feels like I wasn't quite ready for that, right? People, right, people absolutely. Telling, telling you, no, you're ready for it, and you get in there. And like you said, in the onset, you start feeling these emotions and just completely overwhelmed. Or what? what's that place like that you would describe what that place was like? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, it was a little overwhelming. Um, and we all know with step studies, um, you, you get out what you put in, you know? So I, when I went in there, I wanted to be honest. I wanted to speak about it. I wanted this healing that everybody else had. Um, I wanted this freedom that I was just searching for, for so long. Um, I felt that it was there. I didn't know how to get it. Um, and then during all the sharing, all these emotions come up, um, and then again, you know, in turn, anger, because whenever I've always dealt with emotions before, I would grab some kind of substance and numb it, and I wouldn't feel it anymore until the next day. Mm. So trying to deal with this and stay away from it, that's uh, that was the hard part for me. Yeah. Um, and then that's when that's when the relapse came in yeah. um, during that first step study. Did you, did you jump out of that group, or did you stick with that, or what did that look like? Did you end up falling into uh, that group, or...? No, I finished that step study. Wow. I finished it out, and I, I can honestly say I, uh, I'm five years clean since that time I relapsed. Wow. So, oh, man, if there was ever a reason to, to justify an excuse to to jump ship, that could have been it. Um, what kept you in there, man? What 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 was the motivator? I'm sure some people coming alongside you, but what what was it that said to Scott, "I'm going to stick with this. It's worth it." Um, the accountability part, uh, and to be brutally honest, it, it was tough on the wife. Um, mm. we, we were engaged at that point and we almost didn't get married. I almost ruined that. And I knew for once, I can't run from things I want. If I want it, I need to put more into the game. So, I mean, I was completely honest with her, um, told her everything, finished out that step study strong, uh, let God work in me and through me. And, you know, and through that, it, it's, it's, it's changed my life. And I can honestly say, you know, these step studies, they're, they're game changers. Um, but like I, my life was almost ruined again. I almost threw everything out again. Um, but that's when I felt that tug from God saying, finish this. You got this. I got you covered. You know, this has already worked out. You know, you just need to take the action. Uh, it, it's there, but you have to do your part. Um, and that's, that's when it, this whole ball started rolling up until now, you know, and just stepping up and stepping out. Wow. So five years clean, man, that yay God, uh, if we had an applause button, we would run that right now, but that's, that's a big <laughs> deal, man. Um, with, with all sincerity, I mean, that's a big deal. What, man, Thank did you. you sit here five years in, 
What's been some of your biggest lessons in recovery that you've learned that might be an encouragement to somebody's listening that might be the Scott uh, of five years ago trying to figure all this out? What have have you learned in this process and how would you encourage somebody that's listening that might be struggling with addiction or just hurt? Uh, What would you say to that man? Um, Dealing with the addiction and anger, if there's something I could point out is try to get to that point of attitude of gratitude. Um, it was a game changer for me. Um, and secondly is recovery is hard. It, it's hard work. Um, it's not easy work. It's not going to come easy, but don't forget that first word either. I find so much joy and so much freedom in the celebrate part. Um, and I make it a point, you know, so, um, I did find out myself sometimes one day at a time was that was too big of a gap. So I had to live moment by moment or minute by minute. And in that time, those little victories, if I had that urge to have a drink or had the urge to do whatever, and I beat it, I celebrate it. Because sometimes if I wait too long, there's too many things that can happen in there that can just wreck the whole day, wreck the whole week. Yeah. So if I celebrate more, then I'm gra- my gratitude's more, you know? So, I mean, and as you can tell, you know, I, I love the smile. I love the high five. I love the encourage people. Um, that's what changed my life. So why wouldn't I use it to change other people's lives? Uh, that's so good, man. Well, and, and I'll just say from personal interactions with you, man, I, I see, I see that fruit in you, brother and uh, meeting your mm-hmm. wife. Uh, sometimes all you have to do is talk to the spouse, you know, to know, you know, what, what, what God's doing. And I see, I see the gratitude in her, her heart as she's talking about the, the life change in you and in her. But, but when she's talking about you, there's a spark in her eye and just a sense of gratitude. So, uh, just really proud of you, man. And, and thanks for serving on a local level there, there in Damascus, Ohio, and uh, God's using you. He's not wasting the hurt, right? No, absolutely not. He continues to grow me. Uh, the biggest thing is like I, my saying is we have, I have to start learning to live comfortably uncomfortable. You know, nothing good comes from my comfort zones. And when I stay in my comfort zones, I'm not going to grow too much. But stepping out of my comfort zones, you know, God can use that and mold that. And he'll run with you as far as you let him run. Um I can't be the only, I can't be the person that stunts my growth. Mm. There's nobody that can stunt my growth more than myself. So I, I have to keep that in the back of my head and remember if I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and if feel, I feel uncomfortable, I'm doing the right thing. Nice. Comfortably uncomfortable. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Live comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, man, this always goes so fast, but man, thanks for jumping in and, and sharing just a snippet. Um, I know your full testimony is incredibly a, a blessing to all those that hear, but you've blessed our listeners. And I hope that the people are taking a heart and finding their own story and your story. So thanks. Thanks for being willing to come on and, and share that hope and encouragement to those, to our listeners, brother. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. It's been an absolute blessing. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Love you, brother. God bless you.
Well, I hope this has been uh, beneficial for you. I know it has for me. It's encouraged my heart. Um, If you're like Scott and you're kind of just, man, your heart's pounding out of your chest, wondering, is this the move I should take? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Join us at Celebrate Recovery. Uh, don't, Don't try to hold this and deal with this on your own any longer. You're not designed. You're not wired that way. You're a part of the human race. All of us are in that same boat. Join us in this road we call recovery. Uh, If you'd like more information, just join us uh, by going to fellowshipcr.org or show up at Fellowship Fayetteville, uh, Fellowship Rogers on a Friday night, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. We get started with the general meeting. Uh, Don't face this alone. You're going to find it to be a community that will meet you where you are and love you toward that recovery as your heart desires. We hope you'll join us this week. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.